Hey Sleuths, this is episode two in a two-part series about the murders of Teresa Bunn and Hazel Lewis. If you miss episode one, I'd recommend you go back and give that a listen. While these cases could be listened to as standalones, a true sleuth would want the full story and dive into the connections between them. So now that I've got that out of the way, let's go back to only two days after the murder of Teresa Bunn, with another body, that of Hazel Lewis, was found. Hazel Lewis was 52 years old. She was a mother, grandmother, and even a great-grandmother. She was originally born in Mississippi, but her family was a type that had wandering feet. And as she was growing up, her family would frequently move back and forth between Mississippi and Chicago. My mother's family actually did the same to her when she was little. You end up going to grade school in one state, then middle school in another. And after high school, you tend to want to stay put. And Hazel had decided exactly that. She had had enough of that back and forth and wanted to plant her roots. And she wanted to plant them permanently in Chicago's South Side. Now, Hazel held down a variety of jobs after high school. From what I found online, she comes across as the type of person that did a little bit of everything. She was a legal secretary at one point, and then at another point, she was a bartender. Complete opposite ends of the spectrum. But her family said that her passion was ultimately cooking. People who knew her said that she was the happiest at home, cooking and caring for her family. Now, Hazel lived in Grand Crossing in Chicago. She lived on the 7700 block of South Evans Avenue with her longtime fiance. Being from the opposite end of Chicago, I actually don't know much about this neighborhood. Um, So I went ahead and kind of checked out streetadvisor.com to get a feel. Most reports from residents pegged the area as filled with residential buildings, but not much else. Crime-wise, it appears to be one of those neighborhoods that has a general warning from online forums. So it's not exactly the kind of area that you would go out for a walk in the middle of the night. And it's kind of like most pocket neighborhoods in Chicago, so keep alert, it's a general warning. I guess what's most important to know is that Hazel's home was located about an 11-minute drive from Washington Park. Now, how or why Hazel would end up near Washington Park is a mystery. But what we do know for sure is that on November 14, 2007, local firefighters would respond to reports of a burning garbage container. The container was located behind an elementary school, Revis Elementary's Math and Science Special School, which is about a block from Washington Park. The time was 12.50 in the morning, and when firefighters arrived, they put out the fire as fast as possible and discovered a horrible sight. The remains of a body being burned. Now for days, police couldn't connect this body to that of Hazel Lewis, like the body of Teresa Bunn found not only 48 hours earlier. This body was nude, it was strangled, and it was lit ablaze. And it was also so badly burned that identification on site was impossible. 
While there are so many similarities between Teresa Bunn's body and Hazel Lewis, one thing should be noted. Hazel Lewis's body hadn't had any accelerant used on it, and police could make out a couple of key things. The first thing was that this person was wearing a blue shirt with a safety pin under what looked like a multicolored shirt. Second, on top of this outfit, was a Martha Stewart blue or green fleece with the burns they couldn't exactly figure out which at the time. And lastly, the person paired these two things with blue jeans. And it would be this description that would help and later confirm that the second body was indeed that of Hazel Lewis. At the time, there was a lot of speculation that these murders the murders of Teresa Bunn and that of Hazel Lewis were connected. There was some criticism that if police had done a search when Teresa Bunn was found, that the killer was likely still in the area, given that these murders happened on opposite ends of Washington Park and in the same fashion. However, police to this day have yet to make a formal connection between the two crimes. And for a while, these two murder cases went cold and seemingly put to the back burner until 2019, 12 years later. I'd like to stress that, 12. When, in 2019, a report by a Virginia-based nonprofit called the Murder Accountability Project came to light. The Murder Accountability Project submitted horrifying findings that would not only reopen the unsolved murders of Teresa Bunn and Hazel Lewis, but, wait for it, 51 unsolved killings throughout the Chicagoland area. Now, if you haven't heard about the Murder Accountability Project, I'll kind of give you a glossed down version of it, but if you have the time, I'd highly recommend checking it out and I'll link its website on the Citizen Sleuth blog. But basically, the Murder Accountability Project was founded by Thomas Hargrove. Thomas is a retired journalist. He was working as a national correspondent for the Scripps Howard News Service when he developed an algorithm that uses FBI homicide data. This algorithm is geared to identify clusters of murders, murders that have a high probability of being serial killings. Since its launch, the Murder Accountability Project has identified 15 unsolved strangulations in Gary, which eventually led to the arrest of a real serial killer, Darren Dion Van. And while we could certainly go down the rabbit hole looking at all this information, what I really wanted to tell you about is how it pertains to both Teresa Bunn and Hazel Lewis. Basically, both of Teresa's and Hazel's cases showed up in the Murder Accountability Project's algorithm. And in this data, there are these large clusters of unsolved murders, some of them eerily similar, and others just have a really strange trajectory or a path throughout Chicago that suggests that several of these murders could be that of a serial killer. In regards to Teresa and Hazel, there are these six cases in particular that really feed into this idea, and they run from 2012 to 2016. And while many of these cases don't have details, and in some cases they even still have unidentified victims, let me list them for you so you can see why this has drawn so much interest from locals and the media. 
On November 6, 2012, a male was found dead, close to Logan Square in Chicago. His body? Reported as burned in a dumpster. In May of 2013, Amy Martinez's body was also found, burned in a dumpster, also near Logan Square. And side note, out of all these murders that I'm listing that are similar to the cases of Hazel Lewis and Teresa Bunn, Amy's is probably the most compelling, not only because she was murdered in the same way, but also because she is a woman. One month after Amy's murder, a charred body not identified as either male or female was also found near Logan Park, not inside of a dumpster, but burning inside a car. Two years later, June 13, 2015, produces another male charred body, discovered inside of a rubbish bin near Brighton Park. Not even two weeks later after that, another identified charred body in another dumpster found on 124th and Halstead. And finally, the most recent crime, when Demetrius Griffin Jr., only a child, was discovered burned in a dumpster in South Austin, Chicago, in mid-September of 2016. Now, while there are 51 cases that the Murder Accountability Project brings to light, these are the ones that I felt were the most warranted of attention in comparison to Teresa and Hazel's murders. Now, to clarify, the Murder Accountability Project doesn't declare that any of these murders are proof that there is a serial killer, but they're simply pointing out. While 51 murders of a serial killer seems maybe statistically unlikely, so does 51 separate murders with 51 separate murderers. As of now, all 51 cases, including that of Teresa Buns and Hazel Lewis, have been reopened to figure out if Chicago really does have multiple serial killers on the loose. This episode of Citizen Sleuth, the podcast, was researched and reported by me, Sarah Campbell. Our theme music is from filmmusic.io entitled Dark Walk and Dark Pad by Kevin McLeod. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it and follow us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. If you have any information about that of Teresa Bunn or Hazel Lewis's cases, share it. Somebody always knows something. <laughs>